0: Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download in the Exhaustive Studio, Dirty Mo Media, at Junior Motorsports. My guest host, or uh, yeah, my guest host, Mike Davis. A
1: guest host, or, or do I do this every week? I, Co-host,
0: I guest host. What the hell difference does it make? It's a
1: little bit of a difference. You're I mean, my guests are all work here. You're
2: sensitive. Uh, a little bit.
0: Matthew Dillner, is there, are you particular? Are you a your, guest producer today, Dillner? Are you particular are you going, about your? I guess
2: I'm like like producer slash DJ slash cameraman slash octopus. So, so you're not as sensitive. I'm very sensitive. You know that. <laughs>
0: well, we got a pretty good show today coming out of a show where we were the best show ever. Apparently, ever or three days. Yeah. <laughs> best podcast ever. So we got a lot of pressure. Yeah. Speaking of pressure, we got a guest. On today, that's uh, feeling a lot of pressure this year. He's been in a lot of high-pressure situations. Are you gonna just? Do I the don't whole know. I'm waiting on what? you to come on in
1: here. <laughs> Usually, you, it's like it's like we've never done this before. You're gonna be like, what do we got on the show today?
0: It is Talladega weekend, so to win a plate race, you got to make everything everybody think your best friend's <laughs> till the last lap, and then you.
1: And you
2: guys be, aren't doing that right then now.
0: Then you'd be a complete <laughs> jerk. So. So you guys
2: are in your last lap.
0: Yep. So all the way up to this point this morning, me and Mike have been really great friends, and I fooled him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that, that feels right. This is what you do to people during play races. (laughs) It makes all the sense why Kenseth and and Jeff Gordon hated you at Talladega. Yes. Yeah. So
0: so we got a good show. And uh, what else we going to talk about? We're going to talk about our podcast last week.
1: We got – go ahead. Here's what I want to talk about, Dale. (laughs) Yes. You are a week away from the due date of your baby. Okay, this isn't about guests. This isn't about freaking (laughs) Talladega either, dude. It's about you're about to be a dad. Or did you forget that? No. Okay, well, so what our guest is, is not just somebody that's, you know, in in the neighborhood. This is somebody that is going to be a delivery expert for you because you don't know what you're signed up for, my friend. That's right. You just don't know. So we're going to have our expert guest talk to you about that. We also have tons of fan questions. We need to discuss the Kyle Bush aftermath. We also have DraftKings. They got something a little bit in store for us this week. I'll just give you a little hint. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what's up. All right. Well, let's start the show. <laughs> it's time to chill out. Take a seat on the couch. It's time for the Dale Jr. Download.
1: Ain't nothing but a party going on in
0: All right. Let's do this.
1: Oh, man. What did you think about that intro? I think it's the perfect uh, intro for uh, delivering a baby. (laughs) I think this is exactly
2: the feels that we're trying to get, right? Crack open a beer and just kick back. You don't have the work to
3: do.
1: Listen, you (laughs) you, you, Careful there. (laughs) You're going to get him off. He's literally going to go, no, wait a second. Matthew told me that I didn't really have to do anything about in this thing. Uh, But that's not true. You're going to have a lot to do. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for what's to come?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, me and Amy have been sort of getting the house ready. I, you know, we have no clue what we're doing. So, this is our first baby. We have been told by everybody that has had, you know, taken the opportunity or taken the moment to tell us that we have no idea what we're doing and that, you know, we can prepare all we want. We'll never be ready. And to get all the sleep we can get right now because we're never going to be able to sleep when this <laughs> baby's born. All these freaking, you know, Yeah, they all meant well. I'm sure, but it, boy, it is. Uh, it's the same message every day. Yeah, and uh, so I think that we have brought in somebody that can really lay down the law.
1: You know why? Why? Because my man, if, if if there's ever, I don't know if it was an emergency or what, but like when you think of all the uh, the contingency plans for any type of situation that right? might happen, our expert guest has actually done it. <laughs> so introduce who do we have in the who do we have? So in the studio today, Travis Mack. How you doing? Oh, and obviously Travis Mack is the crew chief for the number ninety-five Levine Family Race Team with Casey Kane.
0: Travis, thank you for coming in. Yeah, man. And the reason why that we brought Travis <laughs> in here is because I'm sure you know you're a two-time father, right? That's right. And you're gonna have all kinds of great advice about uh, you know, fathers to be like myself, but you also delivered your own child. That's right. So. Not let's, on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> right. All right, so let's get right into that. So was there no warning? Like, I know you guys, you guys were planning to go to
3: <laughs> the it? hospital, right? That's Y'all were going to –
0: This is not a plan to, That's right. <laughs> to have the baby in well, your you house. Well, you know, they Why tell you? you
3: all this stuff leading up to it. You're going to start contractions, right. and then, you know, like a day later, you have the baby at the hospital. Okay. You know. So we started with contractions, and then like, an hour later, we had the baby. So.
0: Why well, couldn't – so you then, had an, a
3: whole
1: hour to get to the uh, hospital. Okay,
3: yeah, you know the first kid, we started contractions. She was in contractions like you know they were pretty far apart the whole first day. Went to the hospital the next morning and then we had the baby that day. So was thinking this one was going to kind of lay out the same way. We called the doctor. They agreed, and it didn't work out that way.
0: So she starts having these contractions, and they're different than the first child. No, they're, they started they started out the about same? the
3: same. As the first <laughs> child, so. <laughs> so y'all were like, okay, you know, we got a little time. Yeah, we got some time. It's no you really know, I started getting the bags next to the door, that kind of stuff. Right,
0: because I asked my doctor uh, like last week, like you know, what's what's the situation? What is? The, I asked him actually. I said, what's the mistake a lot of people make when they come here and you send them home? So mm-hmm. I want to know, like, do I need to be panicked? He's like, oh, no. you know, it's he laid it out like we were gonna be able to have you know, relax. You know, don't, no, don't. Kill yourself trying to get to the That's hospital. right. That's what they
3: tell you. That's what they preach to you. They don't want you coming in there too early. They right. don't want you they sitting don't. there for two no, days at the hospital don't. taking up a room, you know? Okay. So that's what was beating in my wife's head. Like, don't come to the hospital too early. Like, so, stay home in your environment. Be <laughs> comfortable. She right. took that to the extreme. That's <laughs> yeah. right. For sure. when, <laughs> when
0: did it trigger in your mind that this ha- this was happening in the
3: house? Oh, <laughs> uh, She started freaking out. Thought she had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we got to go. Like, we got to go. Well, leading up to that, so she started contractions. We called the doctor. They're like, yeah, take your time. Put her in the bathtub. Get her nice and comfortable, you know. Call me back when they get closer together. You know, they were still pretty far apart.
0: Get her in the bathtub.
3: Yeah. Just just, you put them in a warm bathtub, and it's supposed to help their contractions, make them relax, you know, that kind of stuff. So get them in the bathtub. I start making plans because I have my other kid. She's two at the time. She's asleep in the other room. Jeez. So we had plans to call her mother, and so she could come over and watch that kid while we go- went to the hospital. So I started calling her. Of course, she didn't pick up. You know, she Aww. promised she'd pick up, right? <laughs> come on. So were you we angry s- as hell? At that uh, I was. I wasn't really mad at the time. I was just I get frustrated mad when
0: Mike doesn't answer my FaceTime. can't imagine how like bad you were at that moment. Yeah. You know, it was like eleven o'clock
3: at night. So I'm like, you know. Pick up your phone, you know, what are you doing? You're sleeping, pick up your phone. So I started calling, a little more panic, you know, like pick up your phone, pick up your phone. Never got an answer. We're getting she's in the bathtub, starting contractions are, you know, fifteen minutes apart. You know, they're they're further apart. I forgot what they were at the time, but um, next thing you know, she was having two back to back. Like, real close, real tight. Nah, that's when I was like, We got to go. Like, get up. I started calling neighbors. I was trying to call every neighbor I had, couldn't get anybody to pick up. She's like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I'm still panicking, trying to figure out what to do with my other kid. Right. So she's getting up, going to the bathroom. Um, I'm getting everything ready. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do with my other kid so we could get to the hospital. All of a sudden, she's in the bathroom. She starts screaming. She's like, it's really bad. She's like, I'm having this kid right now. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> she <laughs> comes out of the bathroom, lays on the floor. I'd say 30 seconds later, we had the kid. Holy wow. yeah. no. Yeah, crazy, crazy, what? crazy, crazy fast.
0: And so that, that, I guess that kind of answers a question that I had was, so you had no direction from any, anyone at, during this whole process, like a doctor or you, were no, you, all on no. the, you weren't, on I the, didn't even have
3: my phone. I I think I sat my phone down on the bed when she started screaming, you know, everything's going through your mind. Like you're just concerned about her and the baby. And that was my thought, you know, I'm just scared for this baby and uh, my wife, you know, what's going on and. Just didn't want anything bad to happen. So she comes out and I mean, we had the baby so quick. It was it was crazy. The first one took a couple hours of labor. So this one, I mean, I just caught it. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> and what a mess, you know. Yeah, I cannot even explain the the the, the big, murder scene that was going on.
0: is that uh so how how often do you get asked to tell this
3: story? I'm sure uh, uh several times right. it's been a little while, but has it's it, fun to relive it now. at the time it was not fun at all. no, no, not at all.
1: but it's made you a hero to many of us <laughs> I guess and I want to know, is Dale ready to do the same thing if it comes to it if here's my thing. if it's your kid
3: and your wife, I think you could do it. Yeah, you know it's just different. Yeah. It's different when it's your kid, your wife. You just there instincts pop though, in. You know, All right?
0: I, I, you know, it's I. I don't want to insult or piss anybody off by this, but it, in my uh, totally completely uneducated mind, the real like I would be like you know. So you the ba- you catch the baby. There's still more to do. Oh yeah. You know,
3: and yeah, and again like sure.
0: you're not on the phone with somebody going, "All right, this is what you got to do next no, now." No, I
3: never got on the phone yet.
0: Right. So yeah. Alexa,
1: what do I do now? This <laughs> before Alexa. So.
0: How did you how did you manage that
3: situation? Oh man. Uh I knew luckily it was my second kid. So yeah. you know I saw the first one happen and So you had kind of some... knew what that was going on, you know. It was, was just a lot messier. Wait, did yeah, you, you ca- did
2: you call like a uh, Nine one one order, Doc. Did I you did. have somebody walking you through this? No, no, no. Really? I never got on the phone yet.
3: Right? Didn't even That's have my
2: what phone. What was that? Yeah, he he's not been on
0: the phone the whole time, even after once. the baby's out. Not so
2: so you knew how like how to cut the cord. Like I don't get we'll That's get to that.
3: <sighs> um, so we get the baby. I knew we had to wrap the baby up. The baby seemed real cold. Wife was, you know, sitting there bleeding. Uh, you ever gutted a deer? <laughs> <My>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's about what it was like. It, wow. was, it was a complete mess. They make it a lot cleaner <laughs> in the hospital <laughs> yeah. than what it really is. You know. <laughs> look at Dale right now. He's packing. Great analogy. In there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's seriously a trash bag in the hospital that all the stuff yeah. they don't want you to see. They make it look a lot prettier than what yeah. labor actually is. Gotcha. So on the tile floor, it's it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So luckily, we're right next to our cabinet with all of our white towels. You know. Fresh white linen towels—they're beautiful. They're from our wedding. <laughs> bye bye. I start ripping them all out. And I bet I had twenty of them, yeah. just soaking up all this blood. So you have all these white towels with all this blood—it looked like a murder scene. I was wrapping the baby up, trying to wrap my wife up, and that's when I got my phone. I handed the baby to my wife. She, I was like, "Just get her nice and warm, you know, put her close to your chest." And she was doing all that. we were kind of freaking out, but it was amazing all at the same time. Like the baby was crying. I knew the baby was fine, you know. The baby started crying right away. I knew that's what we had to do. So she was breathing. It was like panic mode, but it was like the baby was okay. Like, what do I do now? So I got my phone, called 911. It felt like an eternity. The 911 operator, I was struggling to get her to realize we just had the baby. We already had the baby. And I was telling her, you know, we just had the baby in our bathroom. And she's like, how far along is your wife, sir? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, we're due, like, next week. We just had the baby. Like, the baby is here. She's like, uh... Can you get to the hospital? I'm like, ma'am, the baby is here. She's like, is that the baby crying? I'm like, yes, the baby is here, physically here. Tell <laughs> me what to do with the umbilical cord. I knew we had to do something with the umbilical cord, so she's like, okay, you need to get a shoestring and tie it off, a few inches away from the baby. This so I was awesome. like, awesome. I run to the closet. Okay, this is the crazy stuff that goes through your mind, right? I'm debating on what pair of shoes <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> run <my> shoestring, right? <laughs> I just, my wife was just telling me about cleaning out my closet. So I only had the shoes I really liked in my closet. So I had that thought just crossed my mind for a split second. Then I was like, no, it doesn't matter. So I just found pair a of pair shoes. of shoes do I want to sacrifice <laughs> yeah. for this? The shoestrings are going to be gone. I just bought those. <laughs> so I got that, tied it in a knot real tight, uh, far enough away from the baby. She talked me through that. Um, and I was like, do I cut it? And, you know, don't cut it yet. She was like, don't cut it yet. Your wife still hasn't delivered the placenta. Which is still attached to my wife, you know. And she's yeah. still attached to this baby, you know. That was kind of weird and just kind of slimy. And yeah, goofy, there's nothing. You know? that, no, no, no. There, really there's nothing
1: that can prepare you for the placenta. No. By the way, no, no, no. no. I think what, no. it, what I'm going to what that's, what that's about <laughs> the only thing. <laughs> the <Right>. biggest takeaway <laughs>
0: from that is that the that the nine one one operator was that educated to be able to. I I would have never assumed calling nine one one that they would be able to direct me through that information. Right. Right. Like a 911 operator having that much, mm-hmm. having that ability, high freaking five. Yeah. To the 911. Yeah, true. Operator. But it was still one, like
1: once the 911 operator realized, realized what the baby was, going was on.
0: already here. Yeah, yeah, I know, but does she, she has enough wherewithal yeah. to, to give t- you that kind t- of direction is right.
1: incredible. Right. I would have, to for think sure, we got lucky on that one. For sure. Yeah. Does for every
0: 911 <laughs> operator have that kind of education?
1: Well, I, I would d- hope so. Once I, you know. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. specific, though. I mean, that's. I know. Tie it off. Don't I don't think string. they do that in operator school. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's on the test. That's right. What do you do with the umbilical cord? Maybe it is. Who knows? Yeah. yeah.
3: So by this point, I've got a hold of the 911 operator. She told me that the ambulance was uh, like 12 minutes away. So at this point, I finally get a hold of my neighbor. I finally call her husband, and he picked up the phone. And I was like, get her over here now. And he's like, what's going on? I was like, just get her here now. And I hung up. So it felt like an eternity. My wife knew what to do. She was all into breastfeeding and stuff. So she actually started feeding the baby there, you know, she was keeping her warm, actually started feeding the baby. So that was really cool. And at this point, we're like, this is amazing. Like, this is an amazing experience. This is when it like hit us, like everything's going to be okay. And that's when it was like an
1: amazing experience. Like, holy crap, we just delivered a baby in the bathroom. (laughs) Wow. So it wasn't really resonating to you while it was going on that how I mean, you were in the moment, you were trying to to think, what's going on? What do I need to do to make this? Only afterwards, you were like, wait a second, I just delivered a baby in the bathtub? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Not even the bath the bathtub would have contained everything. It was more yeah. of the tile floor.
3: <laughs> oh, what, really? Yeah, at, yeah. At what yeah.
0: point do you kind of get everything together, gathered up, and y'all head to the hospital?
3: So, ambulance took about 12 minutes to get there. About that time, my neighbor walked in, and she sees the fire trucks, ambulance, everything coming in. She's like... What's going on? I'm like, oh, go in the bathroom and check it out, you know. Oh, my God. Go look at that. <laughs> oh, no. She walks in like, you had the baby. You're like, yeah, we just had the baby. And about this time, the fire uh, firemen got there first. You know, they're volunteer firemen in Mooresville. Oh, my. So they're a bunch of young kids. Right. They walk in. They thought it was a murder scene. <laughs> Four out of the five of them turned and bolted, you know. They were like, no, I ain't going in there. Jeez. Naked lady, blood everywhere, baby crying, you know. Uh, one of them stayed there helped out, but this time, thankfully, there was a lady uh, in the ambulance, and she was really good. She yeah. uh, got down there and knew exactly what to do. Uh, we decided to stay there probably another 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, she had to deliver the placenta right there. They decided to do it instead of getting to the hospital and doing it just to stop the bleeding and stuff. Um, I went ahead and cut the umbilical cord while we were there, uh, all this stuff right on the floor of, the, of our bathroom, so... Uh, really cool experience. And then, then comes the time to leave. Right. You know, my wife get, actually stands up and she's walking around the house and I'm like, what are you doing? You just had a baby and what are you doing? And she's worrying about letting the dog outside to let him go to the bathroom since we're going to be gone a while. <laughs> like,
1: get on the stretcher, and get the, get yeah. an ambulance, you know. That's true. Like, mothers... Yeah. tend to the yeah. you know to think through everything um yeah. including the stuff you're like well, that why does that matter right now you know why because it's important to them oh, yeah. that yeah. the house is kept up while yeah. she's gone right for sure. mean, like, those she was worried about her hair that, you know exactly. doing her makeup and, she's, and you know what you got to roll yeah. with it because that's what's
3: important to them <laughs> let them do that right that's right <laughs> That's right. so you know that's just them leaving the house you know i'm sure amy's
1: the same way you got to be prepared to leave the house you know yeah. oh amy and dale have been preparing the yeah. house for you know a couple <laughs> months sure. no, i'm mean, serious <laughs> that's that, great that, that, she's She's been nesting. Yeah. I mean, if 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 nesting is a thing, Amy's been doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've been sure. getting they, ready, so I think you guys are ready. Way. But does any of that stuff make you nervous?
0: Um, yeah, not really. It's just a fascinating story. Yeah. i You know, it's, I've I knew about the story and uh, I've never heard it in detail, and I don't know whether it would have res- resonated the way it did today, knowing that I'm. You know, we're nine days, ten days out from our I'll due date. You, you get the call right now. From the due date. And <laughs> Let's go. So this story, read <laughs> we, got? we got Travis. <laughs> yeah. So this story really, I get it. It's certainly more impactful now than it was when I first heard it. But sure. when we first heard it, you were just our hero. You know, everybody yeah. thought you were this. Was It
3: Was two weeks before Daytona? So, so it was really cool. What, was my, it? Yeah, I think so. It was a couple of weeks before Daytona Yeah, we were heading down there. I had I, a
1: Daytona baby too.
3: My final <laughs> kind
0: of question on this is, so paratroopers... From World War II or fighter pilots, <laughs> gold medal winners winners in the Olympics, all these people have had a unique experience in life that other people, normal people, don't have. So this you're in, you're sort of in that same boat where you when you go to the grocery store and look around, you and your wife standing there, you know that no one in that place, no other wives and husband combos in the grocery store have done what you've done. That's right. Do you and did what about what about your relationship with your wife changed? having gone through that experience together, did you know, how do you look at her? How does she look at you? You
3: know, I mean, I've always known she's a strong woman. And after that experience, it just, uh, wow, you know, the things that women could do is a miracle. Like, we would have freaked out, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I guess her looking at me, just saying I could take control of the situation and be calm in the situation and try to get through all that. You know, we just look at each other that way. And it's definitely a bond now after that, you know. Yeah. You can about go through anything after that. Interesting,
0: yeah. I, I've I've noticed that as I've went through certain, you know, milestones in my relationship with Amy, that every one of those changes us. Yeah. You know, but this is a situation that not most couples experience, mm-hmm. and I I'm, can't imagine what that fe- how y'all feel about each other now, having gone through that. It must be really, um, really incredible. I guess it made your bond even stronger for sure. So impressive. I appreciate. I know you said you've told that story a million times,
3: but it oh, it okay. was uh, great for us to hear it Another, today. I,
1: if I, Another funny part I of the story. Baby, I'm going to tell it yeah, a lot. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I will
3: never get old. It yeah. really. I, I actually went back um, after that and documented some of it just so I wouldn't know and I wouldn't forget. Yeah. You know the different yeah. time frames and I Ph- physically, on, like you. you I wrote did wrote it down. Journal yeah. of it. I just wrote it down so I wouldn't forget my text messages, my calls, my you know all the logs of it. Just so, when she got older, we could oh, God, ex- tell her awesome. the story. You know? Yeah. And that's so cool. It is uh, It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a funny story before we even get in the ambulance, okay? So, this is us nesting. You know, I needed to clean the car seat, the baby car seat. You know, I was, so I decided to wash it that night. You know, we were going to the hospital. We didn't need the car seat until we were coming back from the hospital. So, I had plenty of time to put it back together. So, it's in the washing machine and I had it in the dryer all laying out. Well, the car seat was completely apart. Until oh. you take a car seat apart, I'm sure Mike knows, to clean a car seat is a lot of work, and a lot of work to put it back together. Yeah. I mean, you you really need a YouTube video to understand <laughs> how to put a car seat back together. So, you know, it's 3 in the morning, and I'm trying to put the car seat together so we could put it in the ambulance to put the baby in it to go to the hospital. So that was just another part of the Funny of the story. So and the baby rode in the car seat in yep. the ambulance yep. up the ambulance, in the front seat? Or? She had to be in the car seat, so we had to strap her in the back That's seat. interesting. <laughs> Glad you did that. So <laughs> did, your, did your other kid wake up no. through this process? She, and she, At the time, she was a terrible sleeper through the night. You know, it, She was awful, but this one night, she slept all night. Never got up. So my neighbor was actually able to stay there and uh, until she woke up the next morning and come. It's incredible. So finally... The mother-in-law finally calls
1: the next morning. Hey, welcome to the conversation, mother-in-law. Hey, Hey, thanks for coming around. Yeah. Guess what? The sun was coming up. Don't need you now. Yeah.
3: What's going on? I see. I have five missed calls. Oh, (laughs) we have the baby. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No thanks to you.
0: (laughs) Well, we have some other stuff we want to talk to you about before we let you go. This is uh, so you're crew chief this year. This is your first year as a crew chief and you've not had any crew chiefing experience uh, in the Xfinity level, uh, like a lot of crew chiefs sort of get an opportunity to crew chief at some point, you came right out of car chiefing uh, on the cup side, and I knew that this was a, you know, a dream job of yours for a really long time because you'd been kind of pushing me or poking me every once in a while like, man, what do you think? Uh, what, what, what do I need to be doing? to put myself in this conversation. You know, anytime you would hear of an opening, you're like, H- what What do I need to be doing to, to where my name comes up top of those lists when these guys are thinking about these opportunities? Right. So how long before you got this job did you think that you were ready for a crew chief job? Now that you're a crew chief, were you ready two years ago?
3: Uh, You know, you always think you're ready before you're actually ready, you know. So I think every year that I waited made me better. Yeah. Not saying I couldn't have done it. Five, six years ago, I'm just saying every year experience makes you better in the long run.
0: For the majority of your career, you have been with Hendrick Motorsports, which is one of the best teams in the garage, a team with tons of resources, maybe considered the premier Chevrolet team. So, I mean, they just have so much support um, from the manufacturers and everything. You just can't overstate how much is at your fingertips when you're working there. How nervous were you, really, to kind of break from that? It's like moving away from your hometown. Oh, for sure. You know, and you're going to a foreign area, foreign place, people you don't really know. Yep. So how how were you confident? I'm sure you were confident in you, but were you nervous about being accepted over there? Were there any doubts in your mind about how this was all going to work?
3: Yeah, very nervous. You know, staying at Hendrick would have been the safe option.
1: As a car chief. As a car chief.
3: Yeah. I could have stayed there probably my entire career, retired at Hendrick. And just been my safe option. Love my job. Loved everybody there. Uh love what we were doing. Love racing competitively. But, you know, I talked to my wife a lot about it the years past. And it's like, you know, if opportunity comes up, do I take the leap? You know, do I do I put myself out there and try something? You know. I could always go back. I feel like I could always go back to car chiefing, right? Right. Hopefully Hendrick would accept me back. I could get back in there, work my way back up. But if I didn't try this I would turn fifty years old one day and think to myself, like, man, couldn't I have done it? Like, would I have been able to do it? So this was really my opportunity to get out there and do it. You know, I was real excited for the opportunity uh with Casey and the ninety five team to try to get them turned around and Casey's really excited and pumped and um uh, I feel like I I came here for two years, junior sports, right? All right? And uh coming here it felt like the same way as going there, you know, just Kind of weird, but you got to get there and put their processes in and kind of do things a certain way to get the processes going and the cars being built. And uh, it's been a process for sure, but it's, it's been really rewarding. We wanted to start out the gate, of course. You know, over the offseason, we were pumped up, wanted to start out with five wins in a row, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You every, want to yeah. have that Just confidence. Like every racer, yeah. Every, yeah. Got, everybody feels that way. You don't want to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be a solid 25th place car this year. It's going to be awesome. You know, no, we won't go out there and win races. I feel like we can do it. Um, It's going to take time. The Chevys obviously started off a little bit, so that obviously puts us even further behind trying to do the best we can with what we have. Yeah.
0: I feel like that um, for the longest time, for the longest time the single car teams and the underfunded teams, what we call them underfunded teams, they have good funding, but they're not, you know, HMS with four teams and, and, major sponsor relationships, I felt like that for the longest time that those single-car teams weren't ever going to have a chance to change their identity. And the 78 car, uh, for in my opinion, was the first single-car team in a really long time that's turned itself into a premier contender. That's right. Does that resonate with, with a team like yours? Do you guys look at the 78 car and go, well, this is our path to success?
3: Oh, for sure, you know. <laughs> that's what our owners like to compare right. us so this to, is right? A common, this is a common oh, for sure.
0: conversation. For sure. Yeah.
3: You know, if you look uh, a few years ago, 78 team was right where we are. Right. They're running RCR, ECR engines. Um, they started just like we were right now at this point of stage. It just takes time. We have to get there. Uh, my goal right now is to be the best RCR Alliance car in the field. You know, I feel like if we could take all the same stuff and outrun them, that we're doing our job now. That if that only gets us to 10th or fifth to 10th place finishes, you know, then we have to start thinking about other things to do differently. Like the 78 did, you know, they switched to Toyota's and picked it up even more. They were 78 car was a solid wait one or two years, they were probably the best RCR alliance running car, right? You know, hmm. and they were from across the country, so we're just an hour away from RCR, so there's no reason we shouldn't be able to do it. T- yeah.
1: Tell me where I'm wrong, I would assume. That the biggest change for you going from a car chief to a crew chief would be you are now responsible for the knucklehead that's in the seat. When I'm not talking about Casey Kane, I'm talking about drivers, and they're all knuckleheads, <laughs> especially during a race when they're just, you know, they're in the moment. And now you are the, the portal into getting him uh, to keep his head about him and to focus and to not get, you know, um, mentally spun out. Yep. Am I wrong? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Me and Casey had this conversation after
3: uh, Texas. You know, the, sometimes the way your communication comes through the radio to a driver is almost like a text you get that's in bold. <laughs> like, like, you know, like it's hard to read a text. Sometimes you can read a text like it, you're you're harshing at him, and sometimes you can read a text like they're being nice to you. You know, it's it's just all know. about how you read it. Yeah. But it's kind of that same way in the driver's seat where he's out there, you know, just driving. He's tired. He's aggravated. And you know, I might say something that he's thinking like, "Is he being a jerk right now?" You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep him motivated and keep him going, and we're all on the same team here, and uh, it might come across a different way. So, that's definitely a challenge.
1: Drivers and crew chief—they're like a married couple. I mean, I know people <laughs> keep saying that, but listen it to is. what he's saying. It's, it's, totally it. it's, it's it. true. It's true. Totally it.
0: It's true. I am a little biased because I'm a driver, but I, th- I feel like that the, the driver and the crew chief have to put in so much effort even away from the racetrack, to have the best relationship they possibly can. They can't go to the racetrack without communicating during the week. And I'm not talking about talking nuts and bolts and setups and and strategy. They have to communicate about life. And so when you get to the racetrack and he does hear you across the radio, he knows this guy's in my corner and vice versa. Uh, That takes so much extra time. You go into, uh, you know, a crew chief goes into the garage, or goes into the shop, looking at the car, looking at how he can make the best race car he can put on the racetrack. He looks at his people in the garage, looking at their personalities. How can I mesh these guys together and position them all when where they can succeed? But there's also a responsibility. I think that the driver carries half of it, but the crew chief carries responsibility to have a be a bit of a cheerleader, a bit of a therapist for that race car driver. You know, so that that driver can really trust what he's getting from that crew chief. I think that that's something that. You dealt with a little bit as a car chief, but as a crew chief, it's really, you're the last domino. Right. You know, when it comes to that driver going to somebody and going, I need some help. I can't get through the middle. You're the last domino, you know. Right. And uh, when he when you have that trust uh, from, from your driver and build that trust, uh, you know, you guys feel like y'all can accomplish anything together. It's going to be fun to see uh, how the rest of the season goes for you, man. I really appreciate you coming over here. And sitting down with us and tell us rehashing your uh your delivery. <laughs> giving us a little bit about giving us a little bit of information about what it's like to be a crew chief, a new young rookie crew chief in this sport. I know you've been around a long time, but yep. uh we appreciate your
3: insight. Yeah, that, you know, a non engineer, you know. A oh, non-engineer. That's, yeah, that's myself, a big thing. Yeah. I look at myself like that in the sport. Like I'm pretty much a dime breed. Yeah. In the sport of NASCAR, right? A yeah. non engineering crew chief. So that's why it's been so difficult for me to get to that point, right? If I had an engineering degree, I probably I might have been there mm-hmm. six years ago. But not saying that made me better or yeah. would have made me better, uh, I've, but I feel like my experiences and uh, kind of being a self-taught NASCAR engineer, you know, that's um, I feel like that's where I'm at. You know, I, I understand that stuff a lot. You know, sometimes it's easier to teach me the computer stuff than it is to teach an engineer the car stuff. So.
0: And the people stuff. The people stuff, for the sure. The people stuff is the most critical. Huge. And the guy that can do that, whether he's a racer or an engineer, yep. is going to be the guy that has the most success. That's right. Well, I know you can handle the people stuff. You've been a, a great friend of mine for a long time and a lot of fun to work with. Uh, depends on which week and who wins as far as the debate of whether the, cr- the engineer crew chief is the best or the old racer crew chief is the best. <laughs> <last> <laughs> That's time. right. Because they're, they're, you know, they're all successful across the board in the garage.
3: Yeah, you're only as good as your last race.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks cool, a
1: lot.
3: Thank, Thank you, Travis. Thanks, thanks, guys.
1: Let's hit an Exalta update.
4: This is the Exalta Race Center Update. I'm Natalie Sather. Both Cup and Xfinity competed at Richmond Raceway over the weekend. On Saturday night, Kyle Busch won the Toyota Owners 400, making this his third race win in a row. Bush maintains the points lead over Joey Logano. Friday night was an action-packed Xfinity race where Christopher Bell bested the field for the Toyota Care 250. Junior Motorsports driver Elliot Sadler, who finished third, would take home a check for $100,000 by winning the Dash for Cash presented by Xfinity. Fellow Junior Motorsports drivers Tyler Reddick finished 11th, Justin Allgaier 14th, and Michael Annette 20th. Junior Motorsports late model driver Sam Mayer competed at Orange County Speedway where he rallied back after a hard start to finish 7th in the Cars Tour event. Late model teammate Josh Berry found himself Competing in this weekend's ARCA race at Salem Speedway where he finished 4th respectively This has been your Exalta Race Center Update. Exalta is the official paint Partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing And supplying coatings to all types Of vehicles and industrial applications For more on Exalta, visit ExaltaCS.com
1: Back again guys is the Did you see that? Uh, Because I believe We have one, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. If you got one, you bring it back That's right (laughs)
3: Is somebody
0: <laughs> kicking the can across – is it like a bar fight breaking out?
1: It's the same person <laughs> playing the piano, too.
2: I recorded it at the uh, old West Town.
0: <laughs> Some uh, drunk piano player knocking beers over or what? Yeah, yeah. It's believable. Yep. Did you see that?
1: What did you see this week, Dale?
0: Oh, well, I think uh, sometimes did you see that isn't, isn't necessarily a particular tweet, but I think that did you see that this week is the reaction from the Kyle Bush podcast. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. So – uh, we definitely have to go back and talk about this a little bit. I think each one of us took something different away
1: from the whole
4: mm-hmm.
0: experience. And I don't know. I'll, I'll let Mike go first.
1: Okay. If that's all right. Sure. I, I will tell you that my biggest takeaway on this is I knew that it was going to get a lot of attention. Yes. I mean, the occasion, the 10-year uh, anniversary of that incident was going to get a lot of attention. And the fact that Dale Jr. and Kyle Bush in the same room. I did not think that junior nation and i'm not speaking for all of you i'm speaking for a majority of you though going just off of my timeline did not think it would actually change the way they felt about kyle bush yeah junior nation like i put this i'm going off of my timeline not speaking for everybody i'm saying on my timeline 90 percent at least of the feedback i got uh, uh, Expressed a softening of feelings towards Kyle Bush. Didn't mean that they're going to be Rowdy Nation. Yeah. Did not mean that they're cheering for him to win. It simply meant it changed a little bit their perception of Kyle Bush in a a positive way. And I'm telling you, I think that is a miracle. I'm telling you, I know the way Junior Nation felt about Kyle Bush as a whole, and I would have never thought that. And yet, Kyle Bush even said this past weekend... Uh, I think he, when he was at Denny Hamlin's charity event, Bob Pockrass interviewed him, and he said that nine out of ten comments about being on this podcast have been positive, positive. and that is not that is not a narrative that Kyle Busch ever says or can, <laughs> even has the opportunity <laughs> to say.
2: I would have thought it, we'd seen uh, Christ come back first before I seen so many positive comments about Kyle.
1: Exactly, it was it was <laughs> a miracle of biblical proportions.
2: <laughs> Whoa! I mean, it's strong statement there, but it's it's true, man. I
0: thought that you were going to say that. All of this was response, all of this happened because of him being on the
1: podcast. Well, I, like that, the podcast is solely responsible well, for all of this, but I did tweet that, and actually, I, I do think that there must be some truth to that. Well, there, there's and, talk
2: about it. I mean, this morning on the the uh, Sirius XM show with Bagley and them, they were talking about debating whether it was actually the podcast. That did it. We're not. And I mean, there's a lot of chatter right now going on about
1: it. And, and let's be real, it's not necessarily the podcast, but it's the opportunity to be with Together, Dale. Yes, yeah, with Dale, and and that's literally the thing because Dale has a big fan base and a positive perception. Uh, in in that being with Dale somehow gets you the you know sort of the same treatment. Maybe that's a. I, what do you think about that?
0: My takeaway from the whole thing was. And I agree with what you said a little Mike. Where where definitely a lot of the fans have softened a little bit. A lot of them have, but some of them haven't. Some of them say they're always going to not like Kyle. Yep. Some of them say that he'll eventually show his uh, true self again. Of course. I uh, hope so. I do too. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> was that was my takeaway. My takeaway was that I don't know that we want him to change, or we're trying to change people's opinion of Kyle. That's right. Uh, I. When I was a racer, and I, I talked about, I talked about this uh, during the whole podcast with Kyle and everything else. But years ago, particularly when it was directed at me, but even after that, there were times when he would do things, and I thought that's bad for the sport. And there are some times when he did do things that were bad for the sport. I think that he would even admit when he wrecked Hornaday in the Truck Series yeah. at Texas. You know that if he could go back, he would not do that. I imagine that yep. he would probably not not do or that. do it a little differently. Yeah, um, that any, when anyone does that, yeah. that is bad uh, for the sport. But there are times when him drop him being a bit of a jerk to you know in the media center uh, when he says uh, whatever, what everybody say at Charlie he throws down the mic, threw the mic down and, and said, "Nothing surprises me." <laughs> All right, you know, a lot of people see that and they go, "I hate Kyle Busch. That's a jerk to do. I don't like him doing that." I mean, we
2: see Cam Newton do that. We see other athletes do that. So it's.
0: I used to think that everything Kyle did was bad for the sport. And now I look at it completely different. I'm, I, I look at it like, man, that's good for the sport. Even though you may not like it or he may not be popular because of that, that character, that personality is good for the whole sport. And so my biggest takeaway, I guess I was surprised that people were so adamant to – affirm their feelings about kyle i ain't gonna like him i'm never gonna pull for him or okay i like him a little bit now you know it it wasn't really even about all that it was more about hey man let's talk about what happened let's me and you kind of get over it or get behind you know let's just speak about it let's just document it and then you know let's embrace kyle for who kyle is you know i don't think kyle is completely changing or not going, for everybody to, not for what everybody
2: wants him to i don't be. think
0: kyle's completely changed his whole who, everything about who he is over the last couple of weeks and this is or the last couple of years and it's time for everybody to meet the new kyle this is not what that's about i think this is just us saying this is who kyle is you're either gonna have to you know hate it like it or love it this is what you're gonna get
1: but did you not think it was interesting when he he referred to that as a movie character like that's he doesn't think that's who he is. Yeah. He wants to be liked. He does. He want he does not want to be bad guy. No. What we see of Kyle is the competitive in the moment, he does not want I don't think he appreciates that any more than junior fans do. Yeah. But, but it is exactly it. who he is. Yeah. And 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 that is but I think he wants to be liked. And you know what else I think about everybody him? wants to be liked. I think he counts his losses. I don't think he counts his wins. Wow, he, I never heard that He before, looks, that's actually a good point. He looks for opportunities to fire him up, and he proved it to me when he said, this really wasn't ever about Dale, it was about Hendrick Motorsports, and I was going to come hell or high water, I was going to make them feel the wrath of their decision to not have me. And he literally chose to count the loss, the firing, or the, the, the departure as his motivation. Yeah. And all the wins that he had that following year didn't even matter to him. Now, a championship obviously mattered to him, but I'm saying there weren't enough wins. He could have won every race. And I don't think that he would have wanted to get rid of that that uh, chip on his shoulder. I think he counts his losses that in motivation, That motivation. That yeah. motivation. I could identify I so, with that. I'm sure you've on. had
2: things that have happened to you in your career that that were maybe bad that you use as motivation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's a crazy good point that I didn't even think of. Way down
0: in there, that rejection still burns. Yes. And... Kyle does have a poor way of expressing himself, whereas you hear and he says, I hate this guy. What he really feels is, I wish me and him were friends.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, he said it when, remember when he, you were talking about how y'all were friends and he said yeah but there was an age difference so he's already counting. he's already looking for a loss he's already looking like yeah but there was an age difference and then also you know all the drivers had already de- they, yeah. they were already friends that probably isn't the perception. i mean what how he perceived that situation probably wasn't accurate i don't think that jimmy and jeff or anybody else you know had, had decided that they're not going to be friends with kyle bush i think that that's what he was perceiving that as yeah and that's what he thrived on is Kyle done disappointing us? Nah,
2: no. Like, I hope not. No, Kyle's not done disappointing.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I, yeah. I, I and I don't want him to be done disappointing right. us.
2: You know, I think people forget also, and I don't know if I've ever brought this up to anybody, but when I first started working in the sport in the late ninety late nineties, I think people forget that Dale Earnhardt was booed a lot. Okay. Yeah. I think people forget that. You know, it wasn't until a little later in his career that I, at least I experienced. That there wasn't a mix, because he was that polarizing figure in our sport, who had there's the cheers one, and the boos. Yeah. There's Kyle, Kyle Bush
0: There's one thing How's we do that? not do in this building, and that is compare Kyle Bush and Dale Earnhardt. That's so I'm gonna, comparing the fan reaction. We aren't going to even mention the two in the same conversation. <laughs> all right, whether it's true or not, um, you can use Darrell Waltrip. There's all kinds of other scenarios that you could have yep. went you could have went with there. Um, <laughs> man, I, 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 hey, I got the wrath <laughs> of uh, Dell Jr. right there. Yeah, I really don't like Dad being compared to anybody because to me, Dad's yep. one of a kind. It's not really anything to do with Kyle, but it's just, uh,
2: just how I feel about him. But
0: you haven't had a chance to really kind of talk about your takeaway from that yep. whole experience. So go ahead.
2: My takeaway was uh, something of a, a little pride for us that we were the number one sports podcast over some of those big ESPN shows and big poppy you know and some baseball shows and all that because NASCAR in the last few years love it or hate it I'm a NASCAR guy I'm a racing guy my whole life and when I see our my sport our sport uh do well in a in a sports platform it makes me happy whether it's something else or it's us but this was us this is us three guys in a room um, you downloading your true feelings, um, a show with Kyle where it was really, really transparent um, and the fans just ate it up and, yeah. and proof in the pudding, man. Number one, uh, I kind of alluded to the Luda, you know, coming for that number no one spot th- and I liked it. It's it's cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. I had no idea that that was going to uh, resonate with so many people, get the reaction that it did with so many people over the years. I just didn't think that it was still that big of a deal, uh, but man, what a! Everybody was talking. I mean, it felt good that everybody really liked what we put down. People comment on social media. A lot of people in the industry talking about how they enjoyed it. I had people that had never, they were people that had never listened to our podcast that listened to that episode and then started retracting back and listening to past yeah, episodes. Sweet. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't know what we can do, uh, con- you know, to continue that momentum for the rest of the season, but I think you know something that something that we usually don't do on here is have guests. I think that, that that's a great you know that's a great opportunity for us going forward is to get some more guests in here that'll be able to give us that
2: type of content. And those people that don't watch the show the thing is to me guests are great and I think we're going to do a lot more of that. Yeah. But also just being real and being honest. Yeah. And the people that know this show know that. Yeah.
0: I mean honestly I am thinking back to the shows that we've done this year I didn't think that that one stood out in content and in I, I thought our other shows stand up to this past week's oh, podcast yeah. I just feel like that we, this was the one that waved the flag and got everybody's attention so hopefully that'll be good for us going down the road cuz we I really enjoyed doing this podcast and definitely uh it's going to be fun seeing how the rest of the year goes
1: We'll close this by saying that Kyle Bush did text me uh, when we all were learning that we were the number one sports podcast for three days, actually. And I said, "Listen, uh, if you go to Richmond, I think it's clear what you need to do. You need to go to Richmond this weekend, get into a fight with somebody, <laughs> okay? Uh, then we'll launch your podcast next week, and then you can have that person on the on the podcast as your first <laughs> guest. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what we're doing. He's right, always Kyle? thinking. Yeah. And I said, always. so let's just go handle business. He didn't get into a fight with anybody. He didn't win the race. Yeah. And he is on a tear.
0: And I think uh, definitely excited about. As soon as the podcast hit, a couple of days go by, phone starts ringing. People, oh yeah, about people. Phone starts ringing yeah. to Mike Davis's office about people trying. You know, would like to be on the show. Right? Yeah. So I'm excited uh, about some of the ideas and some of the potential guests that we might be having on over the next several months. We got one more thing we want to touch base on before we get to our Ask Junior part of the show. Um, DraftKings, they got something in store for us this weekend. Mm. I'm pretty excited about. Uh, they've created a game for the Talladega race this Sunday that comes with ten thousand dollars of total grand prizes. Um, I play. I play DraftKings pretty much. I played every week. I know since they first sponsored the show.
1: I don't think I've won any money just yet, but you, you're trying though. I haven't lost any. Either. You try. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't lost any. <laughs> yeah, either. but it's important to you. Like you keep. Can, you keep telling me your DraftKings. Lineup.
0: I used to. I never played uh, fantasy sports like. Uh, you know NFL or anything for money, but this is the first time, and it's been a lot of fun. All you have to do for this game for Talladega this weekend is draft six guys before Sunday. As they perform, you just sit back and watch them win you money.
1: That's nice. Yeah. So you just everybody loses money.
0: It actually makes a lot of fun to watch the race having something at stake,
1: especially yeah. Talladega. Yeah.
0: Right. You get points for the fast laps that they make and the laps they lead. Uh, so if your driver runs the fastest lap of that, you know he gets points. Yep. Yep. Uh, the laps they lead, you get points. Finishing positions. And more. It's been fun
2: to. I was. I never did DraftKings before this year. Well, this is Dega man. You know, do you have an idea of what you want to pick? Is it such a crapshoot? I have to look at you know what everybody's
0: value is for Cal It's a little bit different. You know, you kind of on most weekends you got to pay attention to practice. You got to look at everybody's average, and you got to look at you know obviously where they qualified and so forth because they get points for every position they advance from where they start. To where they
1: finish. Oh, so if you have a back marker, yeah. Right. So
0: if you get Harvick and he has to start at the back of the field like he did this past, or I mean, uh, Kyle Busch starts the back of the field, you pick him. He's going to gain you a ton of points if he drives from the back to the front, and wins the race. Yeah. Right. Anyways, at Talladega, you don't have to really pay attention to qualifying so much or practice really or about you know because you can't really tell who has the fastest car. Judging you know the draft sort of mixes it all up. What you kind of look at is past performances, what these guys did over the last couple of years, like Stenhouse. He's going to be a moderately valued driver. He probably won't be one of the top 5 valued drivers, so he might be a reasonable value because he's did so last year at the play tracks. So. Oh yeah. But go to draftkings.com, use the promo code DALE. Mm. All right. D A L E. Right.
1: Not D E. Glad you knew how to spell that. You gotta
0: <laughs> you you gotta use the code is my emphasis here. You have to. Have use to. The, you have to use this code.
1: It doesn't mean anything to us if you don't use the code. No. Right. <laughs> it's worth it. Let's just be real.
0: So you 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 need to make a depo- deposit of at least five dollars.
1: Yeah. You, you you deposit five dollars. You got an account. It's just like a bank account, right? And you got an account. You put in however much money you want into it, right? There are eligibility restrictions that apply. You just go to DraftKings.com. You can see the site for details on that, but you you can then play free games, paid games, all that kind of thing. You put a minimum of five dollars in your deposit. There is a Talladega game for free that you can play. You gotta look, you for, that game, man, you gotta look for that game, man. Gotta look for it This is the one we're talking about. You go do that, and you can win cash prizes in this game in the up free to ten thousand dollars. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That sounds good. It's fun. Listen, it's an awesome way to experience the race. Win for free.
0: I like it. It's a way. It's an awesome way to experience the Talladega race, and also. Support our sponsors for today's Dale Jr. download. DraftKings.
1: Promo code Dale. <laughs> Let's do some fan questions, guys. You want to? Time for Ask Jr.
0: It's time for Ask Jr. I, I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior.
2: I'll tell you what. The fans have ramped up, man. Really? And there's been some... St- awesome questions, questions coming at the in. beginning of the year like you had some lame ones so that way the reason we put out that one make sure your question doesn't suck but they haven't been sucking man so we lost that so uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was the
1: problem yeah. we, that we put too much pressure on them when we said don't make your question suck <laughs> the,
2: this is a good one vicky vanderhorn uh chiming in using the hashtag ask junior wants to know dale has amy laid down any twitter rules for you while she's in labor
1: Oh, great question. (laughs) Uh,
0: You know what? Knowing my wife, as soon as she says that she thinks that we need to go to the hospital, I am going to shut down social media until I get the green flag from her that I can start social media back up. So I've learned a lot of things over the period of my um, marriage and my relationship with Amy. You know, things like you don't tell people the name of the baby before the baby's born or before Amy says I can, uh, certain things you don't do when you're on social media. When Amy said we were going to have a baby, you know, she had to give me the green light when I could share that information. You know, there's this things that I've learned that I don't do. They're important
1: to her. And I'm starting to
0: figure out these things myself. And so I know that as soon as she says, all right, man, uh, It's time to go to the hospital. I'm going to shut down all social media, and I'm not going to do a thing or even think about, man, that'd be cool to tweet, or that'd be cool to Instagram, or man, I want to say this or say that, uh, until she says it's okay. And I'm not even going to ask her. You know, I don't think
2: you're going to want to, dude. Don't.
0: I know. Yeah. See, that's that same old advice. Like, yeah, I know. You need to keep your sleep, boy. Burby's sleeping.
2: <laughs> you can't bank sleep. People tell you you get bank sleep. Want, How do you,
0: you bank sleep? You ain't going to want to do no social media. <laughs> you don't know it, but you ain't going to want to do I'm it. Hey, I'm two
2: for two, man. I pulled out an Earnhardt uh, damn Kyle Busch reference. You know
0: reference. what? Yeah, you know I'm just going to easily you, said the same thing. You,
1: you, know, you know what <laughs> tweeting during pregnancy is like? It's like Dale Earnhardt. Uh, if he was uh,
2: racing, <laughs> hey,
1: you'd be like the Dale honest, Earnhardt. Honest guy. my wife had no idea
2: about this but i'm a weird person i got these weird thoughts so two days before we were gonna hopefully give labor uh i packed my bags and stuff and i packed the catcher's mask and a baseball mitt because i thought it would be a funny picture to do like a selfie not like showing her nothing (laughs) but of me just in the room generally doing that and that never left my bag and it never hit my mind and then afterwards it was like the next day i remembered it was in there probably a good thing and i was like and i told her and she's like you're kidding me, right? I'm like, no, I didn't bring it out. She's like, thank God. Yeah. Wow.
4: <laughs> I have,
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know that it's not going to cross my mind, but this person is asking me if I,
2: you know, what am I going to do? And I'm not doing anything. I'm going to shut it down. All right. A NASCAR fan wants to know, we just talked about guests. When are you going to have Kenny Wallace on the show? I think we need to. Huh. He, yeah, we might, we not, have might have not have enough your, tape. You thought that was a great question? I thought it was, well, I, I, he's, he's the mouth of like Missouri, man. I like it. The mouth of Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> what would we I, talk I about? I don't
0: know. What would we need to talk about? Uh,
2: I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know think there exit. needs to be like a forgiveness moment on that one. Yeah. It's more.
0: No, I know. I know. I just wouldn't even know where we would begin the conversation. So Kenny, how's it going? We've had Kenny,
1: Hi, Kenny. on. He, Kenny's been on. Fastlane I I don't
0: see doing. I don't see having Kenny on the podcast. But that if there is one guy that I'd love to sit downstairs in my bar and get f- hammered. It'd be Kenny
1: Wallace. Hmm. I'm surprised that hadn't happened. It hasn't. He well, likes. I mean, he's, he's got to drink a. He's got beer. a cool man cave too. So being yeah.
0: the mouth of Missouri means that you need to live in Missouri. So he spends a lot of time there. Yeah. I don't really get opportunity to hang out with him. <laughs> um, I wa- Not. I guess I'm saying that as to not insult Kenny. Like I don't see why we'd have him on the show really. But if, if there was one guy that I'd love to drink twelve beers with, his name is at the top of the list.
2: Yeah. Which is a better list to be on. I think yeah. so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd rather be on that list. Uh, Bob Clifton chiming in. Dale, what were you thinking as you watched Kyle Busch climb into the stands and celebrate with the fans? Hashtag, I like this hashtag he throws in, ballsiest move of the race. Mm-hmm. Not the ballsiest move of
0: no, the race. No, it's been done. It Well, it, the fact that Kyle went in there knowing that, like, he sees visually that there are fans of his right there. They come down to the – Fans that wanted to fight or tear him in half aren't standing down there at the flag stand. They're gone. waiting on him. Yeah. <laughs> they're gone. Right. He his he knows when he goes into that grandstand, Visually, he can see all the fans that are they're his fans. Yeah. So he was lured into those. Lord, he's like hell yeah. You know, I just won this race. Here's all my fans. I'm going up there, and we're gonna high five.
1: For the same reason Clint Boyer did it at Martinsville. Yeah. You know, Martin, he, he saw, hey, they're drinking beer up there. I like beer.
0: I thought, <laughs> immediately I thought, good for him. Here's a guy that, like you say, he acknowledges the losses. And so for a guy like that, that that dwells on the defeats more than celebrates the wins or, or, or dwells on the defeats, mm-hmm. Like I mean, I know he celebrates his wins, but he over analyzes his failures. And so for a guy like that, Being booed or being disliked is difficult, really difficult. And here he is in a moment where he's getting this admiration that he's never really felt before like that. I mean, I'm sure he's felt admiration for his fans before, but he never felt it like – he's never had this moment. Here's his moment. I think it's awesome. I thought it was good. I was happy for him.
2: Two quick – Baby watch questions, because those are always fun, and we can't use them in the next week or two, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, Brandy t- uh, chiming in. It's often said that husbands get pregnancy symptoms along with their wives. Food cravings, mood swings, weight gain. Uh, have you experienced any of it?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that the um, – a little bit of all of it, I think. You know, she's, li- she's real emotional.
2: No, I meant you. Have you experienced I any of it? I know.
0: She's real emotional, all right, more so because she's pregnant. I too have felt more emotions.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> God, I don't let you finish your sentence. So, <laughs> that's like the Dale and hard answers right geez. there.
0: <laughs> um, womp, womp. I think that uh <laughs> she hasn't had any weird cravings. I have not had any weird cravings either. So, I'm trying to think of things that she's done so I w- and and see if I'm doing some of that as well, you know. I don't know. I, I the emotional part is uh, you know things have been a little more emotional than normal because you're you know you're getting all excited and you know, ma'am, you're gonna cry like a baby when you're in that hospital. So we we sit on the couch, you know, and just start giggling out <laughs> out of nowhere, you know, because we're it's coming. You know, I woke up this morning. And the first thing I said to her was, uh, you know, we're inside of ten days. Like this is you know, and 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 tomorrow I'll get up and and I am mean, like count it down. Like as soon as I wake up, it's like the first thing that pops in my head. And uh, I gaining weight, I mean, I've constantly gained weight since I left high school. I mean, I was 172 when I graduated, and I've steadily added a little bit here and there ever since.
1: Well, now you had nine months to just at least have an excuse for it. But I'm looking <laughs>
0: around, and I'm like, you know, I'm on par as far as the weight gain. But yeah. um, I'm still riding my bike. A lot of people probably haven't seen much on social media about me riding as much as I used to post. But I ride the bike as much as possible. Try to stay in shape, you know. I know Amy has not gained any additional weight. I mean, she's she got she's in the gym yesterday. She's less than two weeks from mm-hmm. her due date, and she's on her Peloton bike pedaling and and doing weights, and she just can't sit still. That is uh, inspiring as hell. Yeah, you know. So I'm I'm out riding on my bike trying to stay in shape. So I'm not the only one gaining weight. Cause she <laughs>
2: sure as hell ain't gaining any weight. David Pip Zombie. I don't know what the pip zombie thing is. It's pretty funny, though. Uh, uh, What's your diaper strategy? What do you guys think is diaper strategy? I don't
0: have a freaking clue. Do I need it? Let me take some notes because y'all are going to have to tell me what the hell diaper strategy is.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I don't think that there's any way to even know it until you have to just do it. I mean, like, right? I mean, I, what is, I didn't. Practice. What
2: is diaper? Strategy? I don't know. What is I don't know strategy. Well, diaper strategy, honestly, is just firsthand experience because you're going to be, dude. It's going to rock your world. Like what? Like how many do I have on me at no, one time? When what? you're sitting there and you get crapped on for the first time, or you, you know, like when the diaper feels full of. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you you look and it's on you. And now you got to get up there and you got to get these clothes off of her without getting it on her head. And and then you're like wanting to bring her to a dang shower and just hose her off. It's
1: just, it's insane. Here's here's what I want to know from you. Diaper strategy, nothing. I found it fun to have a record in which I could fat at uh, the fastest I could actually change a diaper. Oh, so you got and competitive. I, I treated it like it was, uh you know, straight like a, out of like the a Guinness book, like an old change at a dealership. And I would brag about it. So, like, you know, as, as you get good, don't yeah. You know, the first week or two, nobody, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, like, you're gonna have to mess that up a bunch. Yeah. But when you get your rhythm down, you yeah. know, and you start yeah. getting practice laps in, and you can just do that thing, and you can do it while you're holding remote control in one hand, and you're sitting there, yeah, and you yeah. can do it fast. That that diaper changing time is something you you uh, feel some pride about.
0: I plan on changing tons of diapers. I plan on being able to do it at any moment, whenever it's needed to be done. So there you go. Uh, me and Amy even was talking about this a a week ago. Why don't you tell me, you know, what your plan? You know, what step is step by step a diaper change? Like how you, how would you change a diaper, Amy? I've changed a few already, and I know Amy has too. But maybe we think about it differently. So. We literally sat there and ran through how she would change the diaper, you know, just so maybe, because I damn sure ain't going to be able to convince her to change to my way.
1: Yeah. So I'm
0: going to go do her thing because she's going to come in there and see me doing it my way and go, huh, this is how you're going to do it. That's right. So I, I had her sort of go through her process and I'm, uh, make sure I know everything that she wants done when that baby's di- Well, and I know it's not a long process. I mean, it's, you know, change the diaper, but I'm ready to go. Got all the tools, got the toolbox. <laughs> a toolbox.
2: We've well, we got two more quick ones here because they've been so good uh, this week. Uh, if you could wake up tomorrow and be in somebody else's body, who would it be and why? For how long you think? Oh, let's just say a day. Let's pick a day. Well, they didn't, they didn't say a day. They didn't let's, say a day.
0: Let's say Um, <laughs> what, is this like a John Malkovich moment Like <laughs> where you oh, yeah. where <laughs> yeah, you, can, huh? you could do that? Okay. Um, would you want to wake up and be me? Wouldn't you, after five minutes, go get me to freak out of here? <laughs> I, want this I don't, oh, think, wow, I don't a, think I would pick There's a pause you. there. Yeah, no, I, know, I don't think I'd pick you. I know, but if you did,
1: because, yeah, you, if would I be,
0: did be, you wouldn't be well, miserable.
1: I, I, I would tell you something that I already know that nobody else knows is that it would not be what people would assume it, it is. Your life isn't— uh, Yeah, but
0: wouldn't you want to be out of my body no, immediately? No,
1: no, and here's why. <laughs> Let me finish this one because this is the point. I think your life is a lot more boring than what people would assume. Like, the fact that you know so much about wives Would shows, it not
0: freak you it's out? Just, I wouldn't
1: want to be you because I don't really want to sit and waste a day watching wives shows. That's true, Mike, but when you looked in the mirror
0: when you went to brush your teeth, would you not freaking – Is this a teeth joke? Or are you setting me up for a teeth joke? No. Would you not want to vomit when you, like, looked in the mirror and saw me? This
1: is an awkward conversation considering you're sitting right here and you want me to basically <laughs> yeah, just critique the okay? way you look. I mean, like, it, it, let's say somebody in the sport that you would pick – I would probably pick, like, um, Clint Boyer. Oh, yeah, because he has a good damn time.
0: He has two kids to put up with every day. As do I. I do, too. So. Why, it's would, not you a, wanna, it's not why would you pick that and want to do something different?
1: Maybe I'd want to compare notes how he does it. I mean, like, I bet it, his way of doing I parenting I want to be that guy from This Is
2: Us mine. because my wife thinks he's hot. Oh,
0: and, J- Justin.
2: Yeah, and I talked to him at California. He's he He's loves super racing. Nice guy. Yeah. So I, it would wouldn't be too far of a stretch, except for the hotness. I'd gain superpowers of hotness, and my wife would love me, and like not that she doesn't love me, but she'd be like, oh, McDroney. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> McDroney.
0: <laughs> you know what? No. Sh-. All right, Tom freaking Brady. I think that maybe being Tom, being Tom Brady, waking up, waking up being Tom Brady for a day,
1: just waking
2: up and being that awesome.
0: Just like. Roaming around in his house, seeing what all kind of he's got hanging around and what he does for fun when he's not throwing footballs. You know, what is his hobbies? What kind of toys has he got in his garage? I'd be driving. Uh, i drive all his cars or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: What about Floyd Mayweather?
0: For a day. For a day, yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Drive wow. all his drive yeah. all him cars he's got.
1: Yeah. And just sit there and just count your money. Just yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: just lay money out on the table all day.
1: Right,
2: right. <laughs> I think I want to be Kenny Rogers.
0: Really? Now? I think Kenny Rogers <laughs> when him and Dolly were singing. Oh, together. yeah,
2: man. Yeah. He was the man. Let's roll with White
1: Flag, man. Keep
0: the bud. White Flag, bud. White Flag right there. White Flag.
1: White Flag. We've got a huge announcement this Wednesday on NASCAR America. You do not want to miss it. It's the Wednesdays with Dale Jr. version of NASCAR America. It's on NBC Sports Network show starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, I think. I guess it does, doesn't it, Dale? Is this week's 5 p.m.? Yeah, it's 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Wednesday. Again, big announcement. Don't forget, you can also win Dale Jr.'s ride. Go to windaljuniorsride.com right now to purchase a $25 raffle ticket for his Corvette. I got that wrong last week. And, uh, you know, the sweet people at the Dale Jr. Foundation made sure I knew that. Uh, Everyone ask about live tapings of Dale Jr. Download. Well, here is one for you. Friday, May 25th here at Junior Motorsports will be on stage outside. This is a big fan day here at JRM. You've never experienced it. Yeah, I can't think. wait, man. It's a big deal. Uh, Door Bumper Clear will do a live taping as well. That day also features vendors and entertainment here on the race shop ground. So make a point to come here. That's during Charlotte Race Week. Um, it looks like you've got another booth rehearsal this Sunday, Dale. That's right.
0: Are you looking Go- forward to that? I am because it's Talladega. Those are, those are by far the most popular. Popular and funnest races to call within the guys in the booth. They really love Talladega, which I haven't experienced. Uh, have a little experience with calling Talladega back in sixteen with the guys. I was in the booth for about an hour for one of those races for the fall race since two thousand sixteen. So I'm excited. I love you know love the history that we have there. Success should be a lot of yeah. fun.
1: All right. Again, Dylan brought it up earlier in the show, but I do want to thank everyone that made our show number one sports podcast on iTunes for three days. It also had got up to number 46 of all podcasts on the planet. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah, and it reached as high as number 46 on iTunes. Inside the top 50. That's right, of all podcasts. So, obviously, we want to keep that momentum going. That's on us, but you can always rate, review, and share with your friends and follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Dirty Mo Media on social media. We'll love you for it. What were you going to say, Dale?
0: Yeah, i just say, I mean, we really, really appreciate everybody that listened I mean, uh, you know, to have that kind of uh, notoriety and 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 raising the profile of this podcast it only happens when people tune in. So, appreciate everybody that listened last week. One final thought, May 5th at Tucson Speedway. Herschel McGriff is going to start the K&N West race in the number 04 car.
1: Now, who is this?
0: Herschel McGriff is a NASCAR Hall of Fame nominee. And he's also ninety years old. Good luck, Herschel. Ninety years old. Good luck, buddy. All right, that's good the show. Luck. Ninety years old. Ninety that's years bigger.
2: old. The dude, real quick.
0: Good luck in the race. You know, the the gonna, dude finished
2: in the top ten in the first ever Southern Five Hundred. Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is awesome. Yes. That's ninety good.
0: years old. Been racing a long time. Uh, just want everybody to know that that's happening.
1: Listen, don't forget. Promo code Dale on DraftKings.com is where it's at. Hit it there. Make it some dollar-dollar bills, y'all. That's right. Promo code Dale, DraftKings.com. Go play the Talladega game this weekend. Good show.
0: This is a production of Dirty Mo Media.